0: Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks, the podcast about all matters sitcom. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. Uh, there'll be regular guests and we'll occasionally talk about other areas of comedy, but mostly it's sitcom, sitcom, sitcom. And there'll be we'll have occasional uh, interruptions as well from our producer, Katie. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Katie, Katie Story, and uh, she's going to be making sure that we don't um, climb too high up the geekometer, and uh, that we try and keep things as straightforward as possible. She
1: will help us to appear like normal people.
0: Yes, yes. That's I good. do my best. You have the toughest job <laughs> of all, I think. Um, so today we'll start with um, an area that really, I suppose, um, people don't, Think about it enough, but I think it's probably the most important when it comes to writing a sitcom, uh, and that's going to be what is your sitcom about? It is. I mean, it's probably. What I thought was saying that we're
1: in general when we talk about sitcom, we're talking about writing them. Uh, we obviously will talk about watching them and appreciating them as well. But I guess because we're geeks, we're looking at the mechanics of it and how it works. And in one sense, yeah, one hundred and one is really. It, what it looks like it's about and what it's actually about, you know, are usually two extremely different things. So yeah. um, you've got three big questions. Yeah. Dave. I mean, you
0: start with the, the, the very the first basic question, which is, what is my sitcom about? And this is a very very narrow question, isn't it? It's about a hotel in Torquay, for instance. Yeah, uh, the, the owner of the hotel in Torquay. Um, it's it's the setting, isn't it as well?
1: Yeah. So it's a, it's the I mean, in one sense, situation comedy is a uh, you know it, a sitcom is a situation and so in one sense the setting is the situation and yet in so many ways it is the least uh comic and the least important thing because if, if you actually have a funny situation the joke can wear fairly thin fairly soon so actually you want a identifiable situation but we can we can come on to that
0: yeah yeah, so that's the what's it about. Then, but then the next question that you have to ask, at, pretty much at the same time, really, is is what is your sitcom really about? Yeah, and this is the this is the elusive thing, and why actually coming up with a sitcom
1: uh, takes ages, because it's a simple enough question. It's a simple yeah. enough way, you know, thing to think of a sitcom that you know you. you and as a sitcom writer, I get the oh, you should come to my office, because that would make a really good sitcom. And you sort of think, well, yes, yeah, may, maybe it would. Um, Something actually, funny
0: happened to them in their office once. That's yes. That's kind of what it, what it is, yes. And they still talk about yeah. it. Someone said to me, yes, you should, uh, I, I went to a restaurant. Well, this is why I went back to see my family in Leeds and this old day. She said, uh, I went to uh, a restaurant once, and uh, you must write a sitcom about it. Yeah, absolutely. You must write a sitcom about it, because there was a waiter who was quite funny. Yeah, basically. Yeah so. yeah, so, I mean, in one sense,
1: all these things, I mean, we're being a bit harsh on on, on everyone, um, but you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And so there's an extent to which, um, I mean, to be honest, almost every sitcom that I've written has started with the situation. So uh, on the radio, I did. I've done three sitcoms. Uh, one of which was a was a failure, such a failure that you won't even have heard of it. But the two that um, were, were less failed uh, was about management consultants. I thought, oh, lots of people I was at university with and are now management consultants. It would be funny to do a show about management consultants. And then a few years later, after that show got cancelled, I thought, oh, Bletchley Park. That's interesting. I bet you could do a funny sitcom set in Bletchley Park. And then I had to work out what the characters were.
0: You you were ahead of the pack there, weren't you? I was, yes, yeah. that's
1: right. And Radio 4 cancelled it yeah. at just the right time, oh, yeah. obviously, because no one's interested in Bletchley Park anymore. No. You know,
0: in fact, yours is the only Bletchley Park-related uh, story that's not been turned into a major motion picture starring Benedict Cumberbatch. That though. is quite a boast, and obviously yeah. I'm
1: very happy about that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want him <laughs> cluttering up no, you know no, my, uh, my canon of yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but actually, it was during the course of thinking about that show where we had to work out what's it really about and initially I thought well it's just about it's about a bunch of clever people because everybody at Bletchley is super super clever but then I thought well that's not going to work because if everyone's clever then no one's exceptionally clever and where's the conflict you can't just have a sitcom about clever people not realising, of course, that Big Bang Theory is exactly that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'd set it 60 years later in America, I would be a billionaire. Hmm. Um, but uh, but no, so we then had to work out that, like a lot of English sitcoms, it's about class. Um, so, um, so that's what it's really about. Yeah. Um,
0: and it is... Uh, it, you, one of the reasons why I think you tend, you see a sitcom, uh, a, another sitcom, oh, it's another flat-share sitcom, and people go, oh, no, not another flat-share sitcom. But actually, um, if you think about what uh, Armstrong and Bain have done with Peep Show, which is basically two blokes sharing a flat, um, and and um, then you realise, that actually, well, it's not really the fact that it's about two blokes sharing a flat. It's about guys of that age who obviously were friends in their twenties and they're drifting apart, but the one thing that's sort of keeping them together is being stuck together in in this flat and it's a very it's a very sort of contemporary uh take on on a very sort of old issue
1: absolutely and they're, and I was thinking for some reason I was thinking of another flat show sitcom and thinking men behaving badly, hmm. which in some senses you would say is almost exactly the same show, yeah but in other senses you go well it's a completely different show mm. um they they just have a totally different feel to them, even though they, a lot of it is about lack of responsibility and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas I, I suppose in Men Behaving Badly, you get two men, neither of whom are really taking responsibility, whereas in Peep Show, you've got you've got one... David Mitchell's character is almost suffocating under the weight of his own sense of responsibility, mm. um, but is sort of unable to do anything about it. I don't know. Yeah. How sort of... yeah. yeah.
0: But I, I I suppose the point... With regard to this, what what we're talking about in terms of what it's about, I mean, we will we'll be talking about um, characters and how characters define sitcoms in, in other podcasts, but specifically when we're talking about what is something about, and it, it's that the, the situation doesn't isn't necessarily oh I'm going to do that because that's never been done before.
1: Yeah, that that, that is a, probably a bad starting. I mean, in one sense, I can say any starting point will do. Um, I, was, I always I always say because it's not been done. I don't. I've never seen a sitcom set in a betting shop. Mm. That is not to say that you should set a sitcom in a betting shop because it hasn't been done before. Um, and if you're trying to sell a show, the fact that it hasn't been done before is a relatively small part of the decision about whether mm. they're going to do your show. Um, the more important factor is are are the characters interesting can we do we do we understand what's going on, and mm. crucially is it funny mm. um because uh it's sort of you know you can you can have multiple shows set in one place mm. it doesn't really matter as long as it's you know there's room for more than one show about one thing if they're both funny for different audiences in different ways then that's fine
0: and I think also it, it then it, it, as well as being uh what's it what's it really about and what it, that it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's so new we've never seen it before but it, it's kind of what what are you bringing to it now what is it that you can do that can make this sitcom seem different to every other sitcom that's been um whilst being familiar in terms of being a sitcom obviously but but why why are you the person to write this particular sitcom what what's your experience?
1: Exactly. I think in one sense you can again you can think up an original premise for a show and then I mean I've done this before where I've just thought you start off with a thing and you think, Oh that's interesting and then you move on to the next thing and then it again it becomes more interesting and more unique and more original and you think, Oh, this is great, this is interesting and then you get it to a point where you think, Here's a show that I think would probably work and I can't write this show I have I have no idea about this world. I'm not even interested in this world. You know, I've I have developed shows before into oblivion, uh, mm. as in into a place where I suddenly thought I'm I'm not interested in writing this show, even though I think this show would probably work. Yeah, if it was written by someone who who gave a stuff <laughs> about I, the I, characters and the yeah. subject matter.
0: And it is. I think it is worth spending that that time because uh, you can. You, it's i mean obviously you can be procrastinating and putting off the moment where you think right okay i've got to sit down i've got to start writing about this but um you can't spend too much time just kind of creating a, a universe in your head really and thinking all right i've got this brilliant idea uh, and i've i've had this before where i've had an idea and i, I and it sort of seemed like a brilliant idea and i've Thought about it and thought about it. And I, I thought well, I'm just going to start writing it, and I will. I'll end up writing it, but because I haven't really spent enough time, really genuinely thinking, actually, am I the right person to write this? Is am I bringing something new? Is this is this is it funny? As you say, is are, are there enough sort of funny situations in this to to make it work? And so, um, so I've kind of I've given up for the time being. It's better to kind of. To maybe spend a, a month of time standing at bus stops and in your head thinking of these things and then Realising well, actually it's not going anywhere, I'll I'll think of something else rather than. It's a very the, poignant image of
1: yeah. standing at a bus stop thinking this isn't going anywhere. It's no. um, <laughs> a like
0: month journey for the waiting for the bus. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's like
1: just waiting. This isn't going anywhere. Yeah. There's no buses. Watching buses go by. Yeah, it's raining. It's raining. It's, uh, it's, I'm raining. Depressed. it's a Depressed. Very sad image. Well, also no. <laughs> there's the but on top of everything else, you you, you want to be writing about a show that you that you are personally interested in and that maybe that you know something about. Mm. I mean, again, we'll probably cover um, researching sitcoms and all that kind of stuff um, further down the line in another show. But in the very first instance, you have to be either knowledgeable or passionate about the thing that you're writing about. Mm. Also, in terms of... You know is it about someone in a stage of life is it about you know actually you probably mm-hmm. could write a situation about a workplace that you have a unique insight to there is still there is still a banking sitcom to be written um, but no one so far has come up with a really interesting angle to make a show about banking, which is ultimately a very nebulous and difficult to understand thing mm-hmm. uh, to work but somebody but if you mm-hmm. really understand that and you also have a you understand comedy and can make it work. You might be the person to crack that, mm. and that's great if you have experience of that world. Same with medical. You know, medics often end up writing medical stuff with a real insight. So if you have that as an advantage, you'd be you'd be crazy not to, to make the most of it. Unless of course you're trying to write a sitcom to get out of that world yeah. <laughs> that you
0: can't. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's yeah. I mean, um, funnily enough, that banking uh, sitcom. Remains, uh, half written actually. And, uh, oh, I, okay. I have, I have actually, uh, written, uh, a script. Uh, we worked on a script with another writer about uh, banking, in which which uh, the, the the problem was with the, the feedback we got was uh, that you know nobody likes bankers. Yeah. <laughs> Even allowing for the fact that you don't have to like sitcom characters necessarily, uh, everybody hates everybody who would be in this sitcom so much that there's no uh, there's no way that a commissioning editor would take it. That's what. That's What we were told, anyway. Um, but so just to come back to that point, though, about um, you know, writing about something that you can write about, I, I do see quite a lot of sitcoms uh, by writers who are starting out about writers who are starting out. Um, so I would say try and avoid that really because um, it might be a, it might be the good way for you to sort of kick start your writing, but it's it. It's not an area that's um, that's so far produced... Uh, it probably has, actually, hasn't it? There's probably have been some very well, successful... in one uh, sense,
1: I, this is going to escape. sound... In fact, I'm going to have to turn to Katie here, who um, is a younger person than me, and it may... <laughs> and it, this, So I'm going to test out how patronising this is as advice, but I think, in general, sitcom doesn't favour younger writers anyway. Mm-hmm. I think in order to write... Okay, does, uh, how... how Stop me if this is getting too patronising, Katie, please. But I think in order to write sitcoms, you have to have experience of life and other people so that you understand the world from other people's perspectives. I think that's, that's the thing. And I think it's really hard to have that aged 23. And um, it's actually easier to have it aged uh, 39, in my case. Um, I don't know. So my advice to younger writers who want to write sitcoms is be older
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you need that understanding of pathos and failure and frustration. Like you Basil Fawlty or yeah. Blackadder, mm-hmm. you know that you often do. Maybe you've had that 23. You've had a mm-hmm. horrendous life. Mm-hmm. So, so you, think, again, yeah. you
1: think suffering and suffering, uh, you think if you've had an extraordinary life as a, as a younger person, that probably does set you up maybe better? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I think maybe your average 23 or your hopes and dreams are still ahead of you. So you can't write a sitcom about someone yeah. who's failed and really grasp that. I can think of two exceptions that probably prove the rule. The first one being Father Ted, which I think they were pretty much in their early twenties when they they wrote that. Yes, they'd done quite a lot of other stuff before that. They, they? That's true, actually. Yes, they had. And the other one was uh, the late Debbie Barham wrote a sitcom probably when she was about eighteen, I think. But it, it was, but she was always kind of extremely adult um, for as, as I worked with her when she was a, a teenager and and. Uh, you know she she always had very sort of dark adult thoughts, yeah. and she wrote this sitcom that that could easily have been written by someone twenty five years yeah, old yeah. but I think you're right and i i remember thinking myself that when i was I was doing stand up mostly in my twenties and and I thought I'm not going to start writing sitcom until i'm in my mid thirties because i don't I don't feel that enough has happened to me to to in the world to kind of make me yeah and actually I, I sh- actually Galton and Simpson were in their twenties I think when they okay. started writing though. i mean there 's
1: obviously um, i mean Susan Nixon obviously wrote oh, two lines yeah, yeah, is yeah. great, but also but she used her experience and her life experience as it were and her age to write about people of her age yeah. you know, so in one sense she she did she stuck to what she knew and it and it worked really well. The other thing is though stand up does favor the arrogance of youth, I think there 's an element of yeah. To stand up on a stage and say, I think this, the world is crazy because of this. I mean, you're, you're approaching the world as an outsider, almost, and saying, well, this is stupid, or, and obviously that's not all sitcom is, well, this is stupid, although quite a lot of it is. I think you need that arrogance to be able to stand up there and do it. And I'm sure older stand-up comedians look back on their old stuff and just thought, oh, blimey, I really thought the world was very simple back then. Mm. But it kind of works, because it's got that naivety to it, in a way that actually with sitcoms... You, you're, you're, you've you're you got to show three or four points of view because you need that hmm. conflict. You know, again, we'll come on to that another time. Yeah. The other thing to talk about briefly, though, is, often, is not only the... What's it really about um, being... Is it something that you can write about? But also, why is this something that we want to hear about now? Yeah. And it's one of those... Um, it's one of those really annoying questions that, you know, writers love to sort of bitch about TV execs as saying really stupid things in meetings. And, you know, there's this kind of always this sort of, why am I watching this show? Why am I interested in your show? Why would I want to watch it? To which the answer you want to give is, because it's funny, yeah. you know, which in one sense is a good answer. But, you know, they, they sort of want to say, why would we make this show now? Why couldn't mm. we have made this show five years before? To which, again, you want to answer... I didn't think of it five years ago, we hadn't met. Um, but actually, there is a timeliness to ideas, which I think is really important. And, you, and and there's a sense in which some shows do sort of capture the mood and the timing is important. I mean, it, it, with Bluestone 4-2, which I co-write with Richard Hurst, I think we couldn't have pitched that show much earlier than we did the war in Afghanistan was just starting to tail off. And I think if we'd been doing it much sooner than that, I think it would have been too soon. But I think if we pitched it now, it would feel too late. Yeah. Um, So there's a sense in which, you know... The other example of this, I was thinking, I've just been re-watching a few episodes of Porridge. Right. And... um, I just actually I looked it up this morning because I remember just thinking what an extraordinary thing it was to say. The first episode, and we'll talk about pilots in another episode mm-hmm. because that's a wall, that's a big yeah, yeah. big thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Fletcher is talking to Godper about how prison might be being better. Being in prison is better than being on the outside, and he mm-hmm. says, it "Could be worse. The states this country's in, you could be free, couldn't you? Stuck outside with no work, crumbling economy, nothing to do but go to bed early and increase the population." And there's an extent to which. You think why did this show have such a resonance, and actually, whilst it was on, it was a pretty depressing time to be yeah, yeah. free mm. in Britain because of the, because of the strikes and because of the industrial action because of the shortages of things mm. and they often say, what's porridge really about? Porridge is really about little victories mm. um, you know a tin of pineapple chunks you know is yeah. you know there's, there's enough in an episode mm. to do to do about pineapple chunks, or the one I saw the other day where he he managed to have a drink in a pub because they had to go out and dig some ditches or something. Mm. And you just think, oh, that must have just felt amazing yeah. to be having a drink in a pub. And you think, actually, there was a timeliness to that show whereby mm. these little things were being, you know, these little victories were what people outside of prison were looking for as well. Yeah, yeah. Because this, you know, this country was a pretty was in pretty dire straits in many ways.
0: Yeah. I mean, superficially you can look at a show like say friends and and just say, Oh, oh, it's just about a bunch of 20 something New Yorkers hanging out. But actually what that show did, that, that show captured a moment, didn't it? It's that sort of moment where you think, well, it's, it's quite a long moment, really. That's probably why it was so successful. But you're kind of in that period of the sort of late 20s, of mid to late 20s where you're starting to think, right, am I going to become a rock star or am I going to settle for this nice, comfortable job and am I going to try and get off with all these other people or am I going to settle down? And it's that, it is that, that point where you're kind of having to grow up that yeah. you haven't quite... Grown up yet, so you can still be stupid and irresponsible mm. and create funny situations. But there's this thing hanging over you all the time that you know, time is running out. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's sort of there in the theme tune, isn't it? So, no one told you life was yeah. going to be this way, yeah, yeah. And it's only now thinking about it, you just think, yeah, those people must feel like real failures living in amazing flats in mm. Manhattan, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of whom is a professional archaeologist, which is a very difficult job mm. to get. <laughs> and all these sorts of... They're making a really good living. But actually, they managed to disguise that quite well. Yeah. But it did pick... It was probably one of the first shows, I think, to pick up on that um, gap between being part of a family and living at home with your parents mm. and starting a new family and living with your other half and having kids. And there's this sort of bit in the middle where actually your family are your friends. Mm. So I think that's kind of a really key... Yeah. Key bit, and so many people identify with it, which is why I think it still has a resonance for even people as as uh, as young as our producer Katie, who has still probably seen every single episode yeah. of Friends, and he is a paleontologist. Paleontologist, <laughs> not an archeologist If to head up the yeah. letters. We'll get all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, speaking of
0: letters, we have an email address, don't we? Oh right, yes. Well, actually, just before we get to that, I thought, we'll... oh, we're on... teasing them with we an email should, address. Yes, this is great. We should, but I think because well, I think we've been really teasing. As we mentioned, there were three questions sort of about sort of three hours ago, and um, what's it about? What's, what's it, it really, really about? about? And we haven't come to the third question, um, but sure we we shall mention the third question now, which is um, who is it about? Um, because it is the show is always about characters now we 're not going to go into huge detail about this because we are going to talk in uh, certainly the next few podcasts we'll we 'll be talking about the kind of characters um, that you get in the sitcoms of that very a sort very of specific type but it who, who is your show about kind of ties in as well with the sort of what 's it really about as well i mean and Often, like the clue is in the title of the sitcom, isn't it? You know, Frazier. Yeah. Who's that about? Yeah. You know, and um, but again, it's about who's it about? Yes, obviously, it's about Frazier, but it's about a guy who has got everything. But uh, apart from the fact that he's got a stick in this flat with his dad, who he doesn't want to be with, and to talk about porridge being a prison in a sense, you know, Frazier having this wonderful, beautiful flat that. Becomes his prison, effectively, yeah. when his, when his uh, dad moves in. So that, that, that's one of the what's it really about. But, um, interestingly, I think one of the, the, the shows that's, um, you know, who's it about when you watch, if you watch um, Seinfeld which is my favourite sitcom, really, I suppose, of all time. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of uh, called, and it's called Seinfeld, and it stars Jerry Seinfeld as Jerry Seinfeld, the stand-up comedian, and it has Jerry Seinfeld doing stand-up comedy at the beginning and the end. But it's actually not about him, is it, really?
1: Not really. It's, it, is about, it, it is about his friendships yeah. with George and Elaine and sort of Kramer. Mm.
0: It's it's his routines turned into a sitcom. In fact,
1: isn't yeah, it? yeah. No, it is it, in one mm. sense that show does slightly mm. defy explanation in many ways. But mm. um, but no, it is it is probably one of my favourites mm. too. Especially in terms of plotting, I think it's it's mm. amazing. But I, I think also though it's called Seinfeld because the reason that show was on is because of Seinfeld. Mm. And there's an extent to which um, a show just does take on a life of its own because mm. Frasier is as much to me about Niles and Frasier as it is yeah. about the dad and Frasier. They sort of didn't know that when the show started, right. I don't think. Yeah. And so, you know, these shows do kind of uh, move and sort of take on a shape and, you know, you, you sort of, you know, even, even my own show on, on BBC three, it's like, who, who, who is Bluestone for two about? Well, it's sort of about captain Nick Medhurst leading his team well, uh, spoilers, uh, he's not in it anymore. <laughs> so yeah. um, does that mean the show's over? Well, hopefully not. We did some episodes without him. So, um, But again, you sort of know in your bones what the mm. what the show is about. But yeah. you, as the writer, you do need to know that.
0: Yeah.
1: In general, we know what the show is about. The show is about why soldiers love being soldiers. Um, and so we have, we have a gang of people and, you know, it's sort of, um, you know, uh, but again, we can talk about that more in
0: in future uh, episodes. So, okay, well, that's uh, we, we'll leave. Who is it about for now? We'll probably we'll deal with that in um, certainly uh, in our next sitcom, uh, next sitcom podcast, um, sitcom geeks podcast. We'll be probably uh, talking about specific uh, characters, the main characters. Um, if you do have any questions, yes, you can email us on the. Uh, uh, Email which I'm just trying to remember what it is. Sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. That's the one, yes. Sitcomgeeks so, at gmail.com.
1: gmail.com. So, okay. uh, so, yeah, so leave, uh, ask us a question about anything and eventually we'll mm-hmm. come around to it. We will try and maybe deal with them sooner yeah. rather than later rather than, well, yeah. I just have to wait for the episode <laughs> where we deal with that question. Yeah.
0: We'll um, have to wait for the three hundred. Well, when we've got a sort of about three hundred emails, we'll be able to do like a one show about them. Well, <laughs> we we'll just do yeah. burn through them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. They'll we'll trickle through. Yeah. Um, so, okay, uh, just just uh, before we we leave this uh, podcast, we, we, I say we'll be talking mainly about uh, matters to do with sitcom but also we'll be we talking about odd things like uh just what's um happening at the moment i just uh, wondered what um uh, uh, have you uh, well you mentioned you've been um, rewatching re-watching uh, porridge yes you? Yeah. i did
1: i i think i was what are you getting from that i was watching i managed to find the first episode the other day when i was thinking about pilots i thought oh i wonder how they actually started off porridge mm. um and in my head it wasn't quite as i remembered it and i and um but that was that was quite informative. And then the other night, uh, UK Gold or someone like that showed six episodes in a row. And I think I was doing some mining, and I watched about mm. two or three of them. Um, it is one of my favourite shows ever. One of my favourite British shows, just mm. because of the quality of the characterisation. I just think mm. is is absolutely stunning. So I I sort of never tire of porridge. Mm. So that's that's been a bit of rewatching. In general. I'm, I try not to re-watch too much stuff just because there's so much new stuff that I feel like i'm I'm being unprofessional by going back to my old favorites um, so um, so at the moment I'm trying to watch new stuff
0: I do like to revisit uh, stuff to find just do you find uh, things that you don't remember at the time and also you get to see uh characters developing if you can watch uh, like a box set or something it's, it's it's interesting to see characters develop over very quick uh you know over like a, sort of like five years of a sitcom over sort of three months i've been re-watching uh, cold feet actually and that was uh that that has stood the test of time remarkably well the thing that is most remarkable about cold feet is that it was on it was commissioned... Uh, the writer had had no previous experience but got commissioned to write hour-long, six-hour-long comedy <laughs> drama episodes, peaks, ITV, Sunday night viewing. And the, the uh, Alan Baxendale and uh, James Nesbitt obviously became big stars as a result of it, but they weren't stars when it was made. So a show with no stars, no known writer... Um, uh, that was in nineteen ninety eight, I think. So um, was it really? I mean, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: no. some, I remember the first because it what the the pilot was half an
0: hour, wasn't it? No, pilot's full. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. I remember James
1: full Nesbitt standing in the street n- with naked, a yeah. with naked with a rose between his uh, yeah, yeah butt cheeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember that being a really funny hour. I remember yeah. oh, I thought it was half an hour. That's how fast the time flew. Yeah, yeah. But I remember yeah. the first episode being, and I. I in one sense, maybe the reason that they bought it is because the pilot was really, really funny. Yeah. So maybe it is a meritocracy after all.
0: Yep. There's hope for us all yet. <laughs> On that note, we should. On shall that finish. unrealistically optimistic <laughs> note. Oh,
1: Katie, yeah. what are you watching? What have you been re watching? Song, uh, been?
0: I watched Kimmy Schmidt in two days.
1: You watched Kimmy Schmidt? How many episodes? Uh, I
0: think it's 12 or 14.
1: Okay, so you just burned same. through those in two yeah. days. Yeah.
0: Okay. Two working days as well. Not even, like, wow. really drag myself out. That's um, something I haven't seen yet and that everybody says is absolutely brilliant and you got to see it. And I do not have Netflix. No, me too. What do you reckon to Netflix then, um, Katie? Get Netflix. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I've whole heard whole whole other world. people say it's sort of like having a very expensive waste paper bin or something. No? <laughs> um, as in you just don't watch... I... I watch a lot of it. Great. There's on yeah, there, I Is yeah. there. Is okay. it only four quid a month? Like four or five quid a month, yeah. Is it? I, I split it with the flatmates. We played three quid
1: each. Ah, okay.
0: If you're married, it's different because it's yeah. all one account. <laughs> yeah, it is
1: all one account. In my case, it is all one account. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, it has stuff on it. and I. But again, I've got Sky, so I just like, there is a limit to how much TV I can yeah. watch. Right. I you can um, cancel any month you
0: want. Yeah. Just it to a Netflix It really is a bit. I and mean, un- <laughs> Unpaid
1: Netflix. You're hoping for some free subscription. Yes, yeah, yeah. Some, of that, some of that sweet freebie yeah. action. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> right then. So Netflix it is. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. Next time, get Netflix. Thank you very much, Katie. And don't forget, you can email us sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. That's sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. Thank you to Katie Storey, our producer, and to Rushforth Media for accommodating us with their wonderful equipment and cups of tea. Thank you, James. Thank you, David. Bye.